Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you live from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on Thursday, May 3rd. Getting ready for the LA Galaxy's uh, big matchup with the Houston Dynamo on Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Kickoff time can be found on Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes. I am your host, Mr. Josh Kessman, uh, back here for, for another solo show, unfortunately, for some of you. Uh, maybe fortunately for some of you as well. Uh, I also have one heck of a wicked cough, so we're going to see how we navigate through this podcast without me just falling over uh, from coughing. Feel fine otherwise. I know you were all worried, um, but yeah, I just I'm I'm here. I'm ready. I'm good to go. Uh, we'll see how long we can survive. Maybe a little bit shorter show than we normally do, so I don't keel over. But glad to have everybody back here, ready to be talking some LA Galaxy. Soccer, the Galaxy obviously losing two to one, excuse me, three to two to the New York Red Bulls last Saturday. And that certainly has uh, thrown a, a, a shadow over uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic's arrival and sort of brought everybody back down to earth. Lots of you, of course, are certainly looking at, uh, at, at Siggy Schmidt and his performance and whether or not he can figure this out. The Galaxy went with a, uh, a little bit of a modified 4-3-3 in the last game, pushed Ola Kamara, the star striker they went out to grab this year. Uh, they went and took him and put him out on a left wing position, uh, which, as Ola says, is not his favorite. Uh, and he doesn't necessarily like it, but he did score a goal from there, so I don't know if anybody can really complain all too much about that. So we'll certainly see how the, uh, the LA Galaxy do whenever they... They take a, uh, a different approach on the road against the Houston Dynamo, who could very well be, be susceptible to some of the, uh, the strengths of the LA Galaxy, which could be a good thing. So we're certainly going to talk about that game as we come here towards the end, but uh, we also have some other Galaxy news as well. Uh, if you want to call in, of course, you're always welcome to call into the show. Uh, that telephone number is 949-734-4217. Once again, 949-734-4217 if you're listening to our live show. Um, let's see, if we could pick a topic for tonight's show, it is what do the LA Galaxy have to do better against Houston to get a win? All right, So what did they not do against the New York Red Bulls that you want to see them do against Houston? And if you call in and say score more goals, you'll win the Bruce Arena Award, but you also get hung up on. All right, uh, so, so that'll happen as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is an interesting sort of time for the galaxy. This is when they're going to start coming together. You could possibly, if my predictions are correct, see a returning starting lineup for the first time all year. Now that depends on if anybody gets injured in the starting, in the, in the warmups, as I said, uh, before the New York Red Bulls game, uh, the LA galaxy currently entering the most dangerous phase of the game, the pregame war- warmups. All right. So, uh, everybody somehow survived against New York was not so lucky. Uh, the previous game against Atlanta United with Jonathan Dos Santos going out. Now, we are expecting uh, a bunch of uh, players to possibly be ready. Um, There's some little stuff that is as far as injury stuff that we can go over. There was some stuff from training today that we will certainly look at um, and see if that could possibly affect this lineup. But let's start with the rumors first, and there are a couple rumors that we need to sort through before we move on to anything really informative here. Uh, the Abate rumor, we all know about Ignacio Abate. We talked about it on Monday night's show. Uh, if you're, by the way, if you're listening on Stitcher, um, you're probably not because the, the podcast is not actually hitting Stitcher. 
Um, that's a Stitcher and SoundCloud issue. Apparently, they're having some arguments, and they're going to figure that out. Just, just giving you a heads up. Um, but anyway, so the Abate rumor, Ignacio Abate. Well, Siggy Schmidt addressed the Abate rumor, and he addressed it in a certain way. So let me tell you what Siggy Schmidt said about Ignacio Abate, current AC Milan player, uh, whose contract up is, is up in 2019. But there's a good possibility that they will let him go this summer uh, and that he could come to the LA Galaxy. So here is uh, here is Siggy Schmidt whenever he was addressing the Abate rumors specifically. All right, I'll read it. We'll go back over it and we can talk about it. Siggy Schmidt says, there's limitations. The transfer window ended on May 1st. Rolf's injury, I think, is four months is the back end of the timeline. Three months is the optimistic timeline. He could be back in three to four months. The thing with his injury is that when he's able to move freely... When he's out of the sling, it's not like once he's cleared by the doctors, he's going to need another four weeks to get fit. He's going to be able to do everything in terms of fitness. It should be a pretty automatic transition. The transfer deadline's closed. The only guys you could really pick up at this stage are people that are either unsigned or free or USL players, or you have to wait for the transfer window to open again in July. And by the time the window opens in July, he's almost back, talking about Rolf Felcher. Um, it's very interesting because Siggy Schmidt certainly didn't deny any of the reports and any of that stuff. So that's the first thing I want you to take away from this. Siggy Schmidt did not say we are not going after Ignacio Abate. What he did say, however, is that right now it seems like they're playing a wait-and-see game with Rolf Felcher, uh, who told our very own Larry Morgan, if you read his notebook, that uh, Rolf Felcher says that he's a tiger. Um, and that uh, just like Zlatan, if Zlatan's a lion, then he's a tiger. Um, and that animals heal faster than uh, than humans, all right? So apparently, uh, whatever Zlatan's drinking, everybody else is also dipping into it on the weekends because uh, it sounds like it's a, a little bit crazy there. Um, so anyway, Rolf Felcher uh, currently recovering from his torn pectoral muscle. He had successful surgery to repair that, and so now his timeline is likely four months. That's what he's been telling everybody is four months. So that's what we're certainly going to see there is whether or not it will end up being four months. We go to the other rumor that is certainly making some circulation around MLS and around the league. And that is that Radio Marca um, is reporting, and, and by the way, let's just point this out, that this seems like it's already crazy just whenever we start, um, that the LA Galaxy are making a $12 million bid for Las Palmas forward Sergio Araujo. Uh, Araujo is a 26-year-old forward, uh, currently on loan with AEK Athens, um, and he's on loan from Las Palmas. So uh, this is a guy who has been playing there. Apparently, um, from what I've been reading on Twitter, likes to party a little bit. Um, so maybe Los Angeles is the perfect place for him to come. But there's a bunch of problems with this right off the, be right off the beginning. One is transfers windows closed. So they're clearly talking about summer if they're talking about anything. And when you look at the $12 million bid, the LA Galaxy already have three designated players, which means that they're either throwing out the rulebook of Major League Soccer, which would be a ton of fun. Let's see if that happens. Um, or they're getting rid of guys like Giovanni Dos Santos or, or Jonathan Dos Santos, and they're bringing in other guys. Now, both of those seem like they're pretty far stretches. So what do we really think about this? Well, we think that this is probably just bogus stuff. Right now, for the Galaxy, they already have a million forwards, so I don't think that adding another one would be the right thing to do there. Uh, it's certainly not something that you would expect Siggy Schmidt to advocate for. I think right now, really, with the Abate rumors, at least it fills a need. You're looking for a right back. You're looking for a guy who maybe can play a little bit better than Rolf Felcher. Uh, my argument on the Abate rumor is just because Siggy doesn't mention that it's on or, or say anything, and nor would he ever, even if it was on, um, is that you know this could have always been a 
a replacement for Felcher, right? This could have always been a replacement for Felcher. This could have been planned for a while that they looked at Felcher and said, you know what, that's not going to be good enough for us. Maybe we need more. And with Abate and certainly the links with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and the links with um, with his his agent, Mino, um, you look at both of those things going on and, and that seems to make a lot of sense. There's a lot of boxes you can check there. And it sort of says that the Galaxy you know, are, are still searching for somebody and not necessarily, you know, the high price designated player um, with Abate. This this one with, with Sergio Araujo seems like it's out of left field. It hits at an odd time. I do think the LA Galaxy might be active in the summer window, especially after the World Cup. And who knows, that could mean that uh, Giovanni Dos Santos is gone. That could mean Jonathan Dos Santos is gone, but there's no guarantees of either of that. Those are those are extreme situations there, so I don't want everybody to get your hopes up, but that's sort of where we stand right now in terms of uh, those rumors and where we're at. Now, coming out of training, uh, some interesting news. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos did train fully today on Thursday as we're recording this podcast. Um, Siggy says he's going to wait until Friday to make a call. He might travel. Uh, if we're looking at the, you know, the probable or questionable, right now Jonathan Dos Santos is a questionable. Uh, even if he does travel, there's absolutely no guarantee that he would be placed on the game day roster, and there's no guarantee if he's on the game day roster that he would start. Really, you have to look at that and say, if he's healthy enough to go and give you 20 or 30 minutes, because that's probably what you're expecting out of him, then is that something you need from that position in order to put him on that type of, you know, on the field in that situation? So that's that's what you have to look at with Jonathan Dos Santos. I also think that it provides... It, it certainly hits a tactical issue with Siggy Schmidt um, in terms of where they're going to place Jonathan Del Santos, and and we're going to talk about that here a little bit later um, whenever we preview that Houston game. But it, it's certainly something. It's great to think that yeah, you're going to get Jonathan Del Santos back. But what are you going to do with him once you get him back? Where does he play? Realistically, what you're really asking yourself is how do you get them? How who are you going to take off the field? And that's going to be the really big deals. Who are you going to take off the field? Is it going to be Sebastian Legette? Right, because you're not taking Ola Kamara off, right? You're not taking Giovanni Dos Santos off. So is Sebastian Jet out? Is Perry Kitchen out? I mean, those are the two players right now that I see uh, where it's going to be. So that's that's something that you kind of have to look for. So that, anyway, that that's something that came out of training with Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, another little it, tidbit of information: if you listen to Siggy Schmidt, Ramon Alessandrini left training a little bit early. Uh, Siggy said they were just being careful with him and that there didn't seem to be any problems. But he was also careful not to say anything. So right now, if we're playing the questionable, probable game, Roman Alessandrini is a probable, but there certainly is at least a question mark in my mind of whether or not he's fully healthy and whether or not he can make it. All right, let's see. I think we have a phone call here. We're going to take it. Uh, 323, who's this? Hey, guess what? It's Danny. Hey, Danny. Hey, I got to meet Danny. Um, this is exciting for me. Danny, how's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, it's going good. It's going good. Awesome. Sure. What, what What do you got for me? For sure. Uh, you, you said the topic was like, what can we do against Houston, right? Yep. Yep. What do you got? Uh, I, you know, I think the only thing, not the only thing, but a very big problem with what the team is, has right now is basically not being, not having been able to, uh, to gel together. Um, and like with a solid, it's like a, a lineup that's basically going to be the same every week because how many times have we had the same lineup? Back to back, zero times. Yeah, zero times this season. Uh, that's what it gets down to. Zero times this season. That's happened back to back. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there certainly is something to that. I think the other thing that they need to do is, is, is Danny, and, and you can give me your opinion on this, is they need to have some sort of identity going forward. What is their attacking identity? What are they trying to do? What is the system that they're trying to play? If they're playing a 4-3-3, how much are those wingers in the midfield, how much are they getting involved, and where are they getting involved? And, you know, who's playing defense? Who's the defensive guy who's going to step there? Those are the big things for me is, yeah, it's about gelling, but it's also about understanding what your role is on the field and not necessarily even on a formation. But what's your role on the field? Zlatan knows his role. His role is to score goals. Uh, Ola Kamara is probably about the same, but now they're asking Ola to play a different position. So for me, I want them to show, uh, uh, you know, on Saturday is what they mean and how they're going to play as a team. What do they mean when they say this is we this is how we play well? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Then, then you know, that's true. You know, but that also comes along, you know, with with the gelling, right? Like I said, because you know, once these people know what they're what they're going to do and what they're planning on doing out on the field and how you know each other and how they're going to play with each other, you know, that that's when they'll really start to make a bunch of chances. We on paper we do have a very good offense. Um, you know, and with the defense as well, it's, it's only going to help when you start yelling. When these people, you know, know, okay, I'm going to push, this person likes pushing up, this person likes staying back. You know, that's when these, this person likes the ball at his foot, at his feet. You know, that's when, that's when we'll really start to uh, come to life, I guess, as, a, as an offense and, you know, solidify the defense, I guess. Yeah, Danny, no, you're right. And by the way, I got an argument on somebody on Twitter once that told me um, that it only takes 10 to 15 minutes for players to gel. Yeah, so, yeah I so remember. I remember you talking about that. Only, only that 10 to 15. Only 10 to 15 minutes. Let's see. Uh, let's see how that goes. Awesome, Danny. I appreciate the call, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. You too. All right. There goes Danny. Danny's great. Uh, came up and said hi to me at halftime. Uh, great kid. Uh, really, really soccer knowledgeable. That's, see, that's what I like. I like having these conversations and stuff. Some people, I remember whenever I started this podcast, people were like, hey, don't talk about formations because nobody understands it. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Lots of people understand this stuff. And by the way, I am no formation expert, all right? But I can, my big thing about formations is that as soon as you tell me who's attacking and who's playing this, that the formation changes immediately anyway. Yes, it informs the players of how they're supposed to play for about 10 minutes, and then they play pretty much however they want to play anyway. So uh, it'll certainly, uh, it'll certainly be interesting. So anyway... Whenever you look at um, the the this this training stuff, so all this training stuff. So Ramon Alessandrini is the question mark, as we were saying, sort of before that. Now Siggy said they're just trying to be careful with them. We don't know how serious it is. We'll see how serious it is. Da da da. I'm going to tell you right now, Dave Romney seems likely to start back at right back, um, and the Galaxy are likely to play that same four three three again. I really think that you're going to see a repeat lineup on this. So uh, for my money right now, whenever you're looking at it, um, you know, the Galaxy have a chance to get some of this consistency back. Um, it'll be interesting, again, to see how the LA Galaxy attack this Houston team. And that's really where we're going to go. And we're already going to go to that preview here because I can tell right now that I'm not going to last forever. Uh, so if you're waiting to call in, you should call in now because we're going to be closing this thing up, uh, closing shop up early. And again, I apologize for it, but that is life sometimes. We'll see how long we can go here. Um, let's go over the MLS standings real quick. You look at the LA Galaxy, who currently sit in fifth place in the Western Conference. Sporting KC is in first, LAFC in second. Uh, third place in the Western Conference, Vancouver Whitecaps, FC Dallas, the LA Galaxy, Real Salt Lake, Minnesota United in 7th, Houston Dynamo in 8th, and then it goes Colorado, Portland, San Jose, and Seattle. All right, that's how it all goes down. Sporting Kansas City leading the Western Conference with 17 points, and LAFC with 15. So they're right there 
behind them. And obviously, they got the uh, the home win against the Seattle Sounders, so that jutted them up in the standings when the Galaxy couldn't take advantage of a New York Red Bulls team I think they should have beat. And I certainly think that... Um, that the Galaxy didn't get helped out by VAR, and we've talked about that, and it really wasn't even VAR, and Siggy even tried to walk back some of his statements about VAR. He really isn't upset about VAR, even though that's what he complained about at the press conference. He's really not upset about VAR. He's upset about the inconsistency of the referees and how that affects VAR, and that he has a point about. Because certainly this Laton goal should not have had the flag race. You could tell that the, the near side official was not certain. And if you're not certain, you keep the flag down, and then you go to VAR. And then if you go to VAR and you look at it and you go, you know what, it's too close, which is what it would have been called if Zlatan Ibrahimovic would have scored that and the flag would have stayed down. They would have said it's too close, he's not offside, or he is offside, or just barely, but we can't really tell. And that's where it would have stood. That's a good argument to make for Siggy Schmidt, and it's certainly something that the referees need to do a better job of, is letting it play out so that you're not affecting the game with your bad mistakes. Let VAR correct the mistake in the positive. And the tie's also supposed to go to the attacker here. So for the Galaxy, you really want to see some of that. You want to see that you know they're getting the benefit of the doubt, and I will tell you this year so far... There is no way the Galaxy have gotten the benefit of the doubt. And maybe that's what happens whenever you have a really poor 2017. You lose the respect that you should have had. Um, that referees and, and officials used to give you whenever you were a team at the top of the league and, and beating people on a regular basis. Good teams get benefits of the doubt. Okay, the LA Galaxy aren't getting that because they're not a good team right now. But I'll tell you this right now. The LA Galaxy and the Western Conference are a mid-table team, at least a mid-table team, and I think you can make an argument they're probably in the top five. Despite how upset you all have been with their performances, they're not in the bottom of this league. They are a mid-table team. They are light years ahead of what they were last year. They have way, way, way more talent. I mean, the talent. I, I was talking to uh, to someone who was close to the league at one point and, and said... Uh, said that people would kill right now to have the LA Galaxy's front six. All right, and he's and this person this person was right. He's right. People coaches would kill to have this front six. You got Ibrahimovic, Kamara, Alessandrini, Sebastian Legette, Giovanni Dos Santos. I know how much people love to hate on Gio and I am certainly there. I don't think he's performed, but Giovanni Dos Santos is still a talent. You have him there. You have Jonathan Dos Santos. Tell me where it's wrong. Tell me where it's wrong. And I talked about it on Monday. And I said that where the Galaxy have gone wrong so far this year, very simply, is that under Siggy Schmidt, in a conservative-style offense or defense that he runs, they have given too much of the burden to the defense and not enough on the offense. The LA Galaxy need to rely on this offense. They have to rely on this offense. The offense is where their world-class talent resides. This is where they're spending all their money. So whenever you're playing these formations or even just playing in a mindset that set up the defense to be strung out, that's a problem. And Siggy Schmidt needs to work away with that. And I think he's took a step against the New York Red Bulls going in the 4-3-3, a more offensive style. All right? And one of the things he queued up this week in training, one of the most important parts, and I swear to God, if they, the Galaxy do not work on this, they will be, the, they will be a bad team all year is those transition points. What happens when they lose the ball? Give me five steps in the direction you need to go to cut off the lanes when you lose the ball. What happens in those two to three to four to five seconds? What happens to the five seconds 
that happens whenever you turn over the ball in Major League Soccer. And right now, the Galaxy are slow to react in those five seconds. All right, they're unable to to cut off counterattacks. Siggy Schmidt said he would wanted them to to foul earlier. All right, which is a great yes. Stop the play, get it stopped. But right now, the Galaxy aren't even in a position to foul earlier. All right, and a lot of that is because they go forward without understanding and then lose the ball, and then that turnover strings the defense out. The defense of the LA Galaxy is okay. All right? Um, David Bingham is an okay goalkeeper. Guess where he ranks in the league right now in saves? Third. Third in the league in saves. Let me go over these numbers for you real quick. Just to compare two teams. Chris Seitz, Houston Dynamo goalkeeper, has 12 saves and has faced 20 shots. Not a great record at all. David Bingham has made 30 saves already. 30 saves and faced 42 shots. That's not bad. When you consider what the Galaxy are doing to David Bingham, that's not bad. All right, so yeah, you can blame David Bingham. He's been in some bad positions this year. Absolutely. But at the same time, the Galaxy need to do a better job of protecting him. And the way they can start to do that is by being more offensive. All right, and everybody's laughing. They're like, they're like, yes, they they they're already offensive to the eyes, Josh. We we know. I know. Hey, I've heard the jokes. It's okay. I'm with you on that one too. But that's what they need to do. They need to be more offensive. You know what? If you can't outscore teams, then you're not going to win right now because your defense is not something to lock a game down and have it be zero zero. And you're not going to win games one nothing. You're going to give up a goal. Going against Houston, the Houston Dynamo have a a decent offense. All right, of actually a very good offense. They have a, a poor defense, which is where the Galaxy should be able to exploit them. But the Galaxy also don't have the best of defenses. So it's, it's really a battle of which offense can do more. And so when you're looking at this, when you're looking at, the, at this, this lineup, you know, are you going to say that, uh, that, that Monotas, that Joe Willis, that, uh, let's see, Monotas, you have Boniac Garcia, you have, uh, you have uh, Albert Ellis, Right, you have Martinez, you have Kyoto. Are you telling me they're better than the front six of the LA Galaxy? Come on. Yeah, I mean they're they're mediocre. I mean that they're they're scoring lots of goals, so they have more goals scored than the Galaxy. So you can't really be that much of a of a stickler on this. All right, but this is this is what this is what I'm talking about is that the Galaxy cannot rely on that defense, and it's not again because they're bad. They're just not as good as the offense. Play to your strengths. What are your strengths? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, yeah, that's a strength. Six foot five. Usually heads the ball in the back of the net even when he's wide open. After last game, usually is what we'll say. Um, can create goals. You saw what he can do with Ola Kamara. Come, Ola Kamara. Come on, guys. One of the top scorers in Major League Soccer over the last two years. Yeah, you can certainly credit Greg Berhalter's system, and Giassi Zardes is, is benefiting from that. But Ola Kamara can score goals. All right, Giovanni Dos Santos, one of the most talented players on the team, outside of Zlatan Ibrahimovic now. One of the most talented players on the team. He can score goals. Sebastian Lejet can score goals. Roman Alessandrini, if he could just calm the temper down just a little bit, can score goals. All right, and he's frustrated because the movement is not there. All right, it's not there. And if you look, how many of you looked and watched that New York Red Bulls game and saw six players strung out across the line at the very top of the formation? Guess what? That's usually not how you create movement with all six players in the same spot. Just FYI. 
All right, but I do like to see the switching. I think that there can be a massive amount of switching in this offense. Ibrahimovic can drop back. Giovanni Dos Santos can go forward. Uh, Kamara can pull back. Kamara can move into the center. Lejet can go forward. You see where all of these things are, and that's what I'm trying to say is the Galaxy have their offense, and that is going to be their bonus time, right? That's where they're going to focus. They need to focus on the offense. This is about not turning the ball over as well. All right, one of the big reasons the Galaxy defense suffers so much is because the Galaxy midfield has been turning the ball over. So, hey, stop turning the ball over. What's one of those things that you could do to make the Galaxy midfield a little bit better? You know what you can do? Which is crazy. But again, if you're going to play the strengths of the offense, this is what you do. You pull Perry Kitchen off the field. When Jonathan Dos Santos goes back in, you put him next to Sebastian Lejet. You can get goals from Jonathan Dos Santos. You can get goals from Sebastian and the Jet. You can get goals from Allison Drini. That's what I'm talking about. Focus on the offense. And with Jonathan Dos Santos in there, with Sebastian and the Jet, those two guys don't lose the ball very often. All right? Yes, they're going to lose the ball. They're going to turn it over. You're going to turn the ball over. That's how the other team gets the ball, by the way. You turn the ball over. That's going to happen. But they need to not do it in those dangerous positions where the Galaxy have to take those first five seconds, those first five steps in the right direction in order to cut off a counterattack. And guaranteed, Houston will be queued up for that counterattack. So now we take a look really at, at what this game is going to be about. And, and it is that Houston Dynamo offense and what the Galaxy can do in their 4-3-3 and expect, very well expect, this is, this is the closest we can get to predicting a lineup right now. All right, It's the closest we can do to saying that this is going to be a repeat. But right now, at least you know on the face of things, you're going to have a lineup that is very similar to what it was. David Bingham and goal. That's easy. Okay, we can predict some of these. These are easy. Cole, Shelvick, Siani, Romney. Probably. Siani didn't do enough to get himself kicked out. Although the center backs certainly had an issue against the New York Red Bulls. They're going to need to stop that against the Houston Dynamo. Sebastian Lejet. Uh, Perry Kitchen right now. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos probably won't start. You won't see Jonathan Dos Santos start. Um, and then you're going to see, uh, you could see um, him come in later. And if he does come in later, maybe Perry Kitchen is there. And then you can go over to Ola Kamara, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and Roman Alessandrini. I mean, where are the hard decisions in any of this? That seems like a likely lineup. And however they play in the middle, whether that's a 4-5-1 or 4-3-3 or whatever combination of that is, the bottom line is you have six, you have at least five attacking players. And if you bring in Jonathan Dos Santos, you could have six attacking players in that lineup. Focus on the offense. All right, we have a uh, telephone call here. 714, who's this? Hi, this is Javier. Hey, Javier. Thanks for calling, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, so the question I had is, you keep talking about, you know, Ziggy's thoughts about being defensive and us trying to focus on being offensive. Now, if things don't pan out in, the, in this road trip, is Ziggy the next guy to go? Is it him because he keeps focusing on, defense, on our defensive mind when we've got all these offensive players he's not really focusing on them? I would find it hard to believe that Siggy Schmidt is going to, after building this roster, giving and being in charge of the personnel, doing all of these things that he certainly has done, I would find it very hard to believe he doesn't return from this road trip. Now, I think that they fired Cardinalfo too soon, and I know some of you just fell off your chairs. That's fine. You can disagree with me. Um, but, I mean, for me right now, it is the fact that this LA Galaxy team has had zero time to play together, which, by the way, Cardinalfo also had the same issue. Um, and that they have not gelled yet. So, yeah, I mean, certainly there's question marks right now about Siggy Schmidt and where his focus is. But by bringing in a new coach, are you going to solve any of that right now? 
And if you are, do you have to do it right now? Do you have to change it now so that way hopefully you can fix it and get this team into the playoffs? Or does Siggy Schmidt deserve more time? In my opinion, he deserves more time. And whether or not that means that the Galaxy are successful or not successful this year in Major League Soccer, he deserves more time right now. That's, a, that's at least my take on What do you think? I, I, I do too. I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt. It's like, hey, yeah, he's got this team. He wanted this team in from the beginning. Uh, I mean, he got his players. He got the guys he wanted to. Um, but, yeah, my, my thing was, like, why is he still focusing on the defense when he brought on all these offensive players um, in, in trying to be, um, you know, a better team? And, you know, we're still having those struggles. And so, yes, do we need more time? We should have given, given Kurt probably some more time. We didn't. Is it going to solve our problems? Probably not. But if we do have a change, if we do lose all three games, I think there's – I think we need to that that discussion has to be made going, hey, we can't lose three games and him come back and go, hey, what's the problem? It must be him. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly something to the fact that whenever you look at the games they're going to be playing, granted, they're on the road, which is tough. It's tough to win at Major League Soccer on the road, but granted, they're on the road. I don't see a team. Maybe Dallas is the best team that they're going to play. And I think that Dallas is about the same level as the Galaxy right now. I think they're better than Houston. I think they're better than Montreal, but it's a three game road trip. I mean, so being better, what does that mean? Does that mean that they're able to get a draw in, in all three of these games? Or, you know, or do you have to demand wins at this point because you lost some at home? You can't give away home points. You gave away home points. Now you got to steal some on the road. I mean, where's how do we judge this? Winning on the road is difficult. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. I appreciate it. It absolutely is. I appreciate the call, Javi. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Keep it up. Thank you. All right, that was a that was a good call there. Again, uh, if you want to get in, now's the time to do it. I would do it now. Now's now's probably a good time. Uh, all right, we finish up here with this Houston Dynamo game. Um, we've talked about it all already in little bits and pieces, and how the Galaxy can possibly do this again. Saturday, May fifth, twenty eighteen, a five thirty p.m. kickoff time. This is at BBVA Compass Stadium. In Houston, the game can be found on Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes. So if you planned on watching it on ESPN Plus, you are out of luck. It will be blacked out uh, unless you're in Colorado, like I will be. So I will probably get to watch it on ESPN Plus. Lucky me! Uh, but anyway, the LA Galaxy uh, are 3 4 and 1, 10 points, 8 games played, 5th in the Western Conference, 11th in the Supporter Shield, and the Houston Dynamo 2 3 and 2, 8.7 games played. So they have a game in hand, 8th uh, in the Western Conference, and 14th in the Supporter Shield. They're coming off a 2 1 loss to Minnesota United at Minnesota United uh, with Albert Elise with the only Houston goal. Uh, Minnesota came back in that game. Uh, Houston was actually up one nothing. They got the start they wanted to, uh, but some mistakes in the back cost the uh, Houston Dynamo. And who are those back lines? Guys like DeMarcus Beasley and Leonardo. Everybody certainly remembers Leonardo, former LA Galaxy player. Uh, AJ Delagarza still not still coming back from his injury, so he will not be playing in this game. Um, but you have a defense that likes to give up goals uh, in Houston and likes to give up big plays. So for a Galaxy team that likes to cross the ball, and uh, I was uh, I was talking with uh, with Matt, who's uh, who's been helping me out here in the studio on Thursdays. Um, and Matt and I were talking about it. And it's like you know if if you're looking at you know what this LA Galaxy team does, like how would you explain the LA Galaxy offense right now? And I said really they're like an overlapping outside back offense that crosses the ball into the middle a lot, and that doesn't work all the time. But in against Houston, I think they'll have some chances. Certainly, you have to tip your hat to Zlatan Ibrahimovic going against this 
back line. I mean, Zlatan versus Leonardo. Tell me none of you are salivating at the thoughts of that. Um, so there's certainly some advantage to that. I think that they can uh, they can certainly get uh, get get goals uh, in the back of the net for this for in in this particular game. I think that they'll be able to score. It's just a matter of whether or not they'll be able to keep Houston in check in terms of their offense. All right, and Houston, by the way, um, is has about eleven. Let's see, Houston fifteen. So they have fifteen goals for eleven goals against. They're a plus four right now. The LA Galaxy are minus three uh, with ten goals for and thirteen goals against. Uh, the the schedule the Galaxy have been playing is so much tougher than anybody else in the Western Conference so far. Um, so when you look at that and you try to categorize that and you look at Houston and where Houston is, Houston having not as difficult a lineup, or excuse me, not as difficult a schedule, is lower in the standings right now than the LA Galaxy. But with that game in hand, they're almost better. So the Galaxy are 1.25 points per game. Houston are 1.14 points per game. So there's, there's these teams seem like they're equal, but looking at the strength of schedule, the Galaxy should be the better team. There's nobody really injured. We're going to keep an eye on Roman Alessandrini and whether or not that's a thing. Jonathan Dos Santos we already knew about, but other than that, everybody's healthy. So you're looking at a pretty much a full-strength LA Galaxy team being able to repeat a lineup, the exact same lineup, probably the same formation, the way everybody's been talking, the players have been talking, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos, uh, Zlatan, um, you know, Siani. It seems like everybody that you're expecting to start is going to start. So when you do that and you take that into consideration, this is part of that gelling that we talked about. This is part of, uh, you know, that, that, that we want to see is these repeat lineups. And the Galaxy have a chance to do that against the Houston Dynamo on Saturday. And it, just looking at the schedule, this is the most important game of this road trip right now. All right, because it's the one where they're going to be the most rested because they played at home. They've been home this whole week. They're going to travel on Friday. They'll get there on Friday, and they play on Saturday. All right, so that's pretty normal. They might even train in the morning on Friday, then get on the plane, then get to Houston. So that's fine. There's nothing abnormal about that. But then... After this game, they go against the best team of this road trip, I think, FC Dallas. All right, and FC Dallas is going to come in, and they have to, again, they're going back to Texas, so they're going, they're not going to be staying in Texas for the whole week. That's not happening. All right, not going to happen, Captain. All right, the Galaxy will get to basically spend their nights in their own beds in between these games, and that makes sense because going on a road trip for soccer players isn't the, this isn't a baseball team. They don't go on like 10-game road trips and then come back and all this stuff. The travel is grueling for soccer players. The physicality and, and the amount of cardio that they have to put forth in each game is on a massive level whenever you look at professional sports. So being able to sleep in their own bed, at their own climate, all these things that are their own is beneficial. So again, they'll go to Houston, come back, then go to Dallas and come back, and then go to Montreal. So if you have these three games, the Dallas one is the one that you're probably going to pick as the loss. All right, They're going to lose against FC Dallas. At least right now, in your mind, depends on how they show against Houston, maybe you can change your mind. But looking at this, you go, okay, so they can beat Houston, they probably lose to Dallas, and then the the game against Montreal is a toss-up. Is that The trip is like six and a half hours from L.A. It is a ridiculously long trip. They're playing on a Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific time because Canada has a, a, a holiday. We can we can argue about Canadian holidays after this, all right? Because they're not like real real holidays. They're like half holidays. They're you know they're not as important. Um, I can't wait to get the Canadian hate mail that's going to come in the mail. That's going to be great. Um, but no, they're going to be at 12 p.m. on a Monday. I hope everybody's ready to like call in sick or take a long lunch break. 
all right, on that Monday, and that's Monday, May 21st. But that is a game that's sort of the toss-up, and that's a game that likely the guys who are going to the World Cup, that's their last game. So if you think Giovanni Dos Santos is going to be going to the World Cup, that's probably his last game before he heads off to go with Mexico. And Jonathan Dos Santos, that's probably his last game too, unless you think that the Galaxy can hold out after being gone for three games, coming back, and then playing on a short week. They play on Monday, May 21st, and then they host the San Jose Earthquakes on Friday, May 25th. That's a great schedule. Who made that schedule? All right, they went through and ranked everybody's travel schedule in terms of how tough it was. The LA Galaxy ranked second in the league in terms of toughness. All right, they have the second toughest schedule in the league this year. And they still have two more East Coast trips where they're going to go to like New England and then go to Philadelphia like on back-to-back weeks or something like that. All right, so the travel's ridiculous. It's it's not going to be easy, even if you look at that Friday, May 25th game against San Jose Earthquakes. I mean, come on. You're going to have to play a Cali Classico after being gone for three weeks? After taking the six-and-a-half-hour trip from Montreal and then coming back and having a short week? The schedule makers need to like have their heads removed from a place that's uncomfortable for them. All right, Because this is a ridiculous schedule whenever you look at it. That short week, there's no reason to have that short week. You know why? Because Unamas, they wanted to have the Cali Classico, and that's a Friday night game. All right, so you get the national television audience. That's great. Ask me how the LA Galaxy feel about that after being gone for three games away and having to travel six and a half hours to Montreal, play on a Monday at 12 p.m., you know, local clock time for them. All right, think about body clock whenever you think about these guys. Think about what time they're playing as opposed, uh, in opposed to what their body clock is saying. All right, so at 12 p.m., most of, granted they train in the morning, but most of these games are at night. Your body's just not accustomed to playing a 12 p.m. game, which is why we've seen the Galaxy struggle in 12 p.m. games before. Basically, if it's before like you know 11 o'clock or something like that, these are, these are early games. But that's a very tough schedule. And then they're going to have to host FC Dallas coming back on Wednesday, May 30th. Yes. Yes, that's right. Short week on Monday, May 21st to May 25th. Short week again, Wednesday, May 30th against FC Dallas. Then it's a June 2nd game away to Portland before coming back to host Real Salt Lake. That's a ridiculous schedule they're trying to put together with the Galaxy there. So if you're, if you're trying to be positive about all this stuff, I'm glad that you can try to be positive about it because that schedule says that's a widowmaker of a schedule right there. And it's not even the teams. All right, I think the Galaxy are better than San Jose Earthquakes. All right, I think that, 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 uh, that the Galaxy are on par with FC Dallas right now. I think the Galaxy could be a better team than the Portland Timbers, although they're starting to shape up a little bit. And I think the Galaxy are better than Real Salt Lake. They should win those games. They should, they're better than Montreal. They should win that game. Throwing in the travel and all this other crap into it just makes this a really, really difficult time for the Galaxy. All right. One, two, three, four, you know, five games in May. Four games in May. Four games in May. And you're, and you're short-weaking people. Great. Great, great, great. Sounds like a lot of fun. All right. A little bit of break there on May 12th, between May 12th and May 21st, by the way. Just giving you a heads up. Don't want you to yell at me. Josh, you didn't tell me about the, about the break. By the way, uh, general managers do have some influence on the schedule, and we talked about that last year. So whoever's pretending to play GM over at the Galaxy right now, whether that's Siggy Schmidt, whether it's Pete Viennis, I don't know who it is because they technically don't have one. Um, whoever's doing that, 
this is something they could have argued. But, again, the league's also trying to cram in a bunch of games before the World Cup break. So, I guess this is what you get. Um, so, we'll certainly see how the LA Galaxy do. Again, uh, face off against the Houston Dynamo in the most important game of their road trip right here. Saturday, May 5th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. That's when they kick off. Game can be found on Spectre Sportsnet, Spectre and Deportes. That's it. That's what you have for the LA Galaxy right now. It is going to be a tough, tough road for this team right now. Getting some consistent lineups is going to help that. Um, and we'll see if Siggy Schmidt decides to, again, gamble a little bit more on the offense. I think if he does, that the Galaxy will be in positions to win. Um, if we're if they have if they're in positions to win, which they haven't done by the way, because I think five of their eight games they've allowed the first goal. Okay, that's not a position to win. Zlatan Ibrahimovic will tell you over and over again, you, when you chase the game, it's different. That whole game plan that you had, if you let a goal in in the sixth minute, that game plan's out the window. You just, you, whatever you did this whole week, you're like, we're going to play this way. Our right back's going to move over and overlap. And now, Junior, you're going to cut As soon as you go down a goal, you're like, okay, yep, game plan out the window. We need to get that goal back. So, uh, shoot and do stuff. That's, I mean, that's what it seems like the Galaxy have been doing, is having to scratch back. The positive for me, they scored four goals against the New York Red Bulls. Two of them even counted. So, I mean, that's that's where you get, all right? That's where I think the Galaxy are right now. They're in trouble. Um, they are. It's not It's not like they're the... They're a borderline playoff team right now. Okay, so that's that's where you need to put this up. The, the best news that they ever could be, the Western Conference, just slightly better than the NASL that's not playing. All right, just slightly better. Okay, that's what it is right now. So that's what you have from the LA Galaxy. Again, a busy schedule, ridiculous schedule coming up. And, of course, the Houston Dynamo game coming up on Saturday. Then it goes to Dallas, then to Montreal. Uh, and then they come back home against the San Jose Earthquakes. All right. I think I've pushed my luck about as far as I can with my cough. Uh, I apologize if it seems a little choppy sometimes. That's, uh, that's life in the podcasting biz. Uh, but I certainly think that, uh, that it should be uh, – the show will at least still be uh, slightly listenable. You can still do it. Uh, please check out our website. Get one of our scarves, cornerofthegalaxy.com. I've seen all of the, uh, the Lion of Los Angeles shirts out at the game. Um, so let's really do that up whenever the LA Galaxy make it back at the end of the month. Um, and we'll do something for that. We'll, we'll, I'll give out some stickers. I'll, I'll get some more stickers. Um, I think this LA Galaxy team can get the win in Houston. I think that it'll be a high-scoring game. Look at a 3-2 win for the Galaxy. Uh, if the Galaxy get on the board first, if they're chasing this game again, I they come so close when they chase it. They're, they're comeback kids, which is great, um, but they also fall short against the better teams. Houston's not one of the better teams, so I think that even if they do go down, they could come back and, and make it. But, I mean, for the most part, if the Galaxy score the first goal, I think they're going to win, so keep an eye on for that. All right? All right. I think that about does it for us today. I know, a little bit shorter podcast than normal. Uh, I will try to, uh, to get some more cough drops and, and maybe make the show longer next week. That's how we'll do it. I'll make it up to you, I promise. All right, uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and, of course, at Galaxy Podcast on Twitter. Head on over to the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All of our podcasts, all of our merchandise is right there. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, in the chat room for hanging out, and uh, everybody who's downloading the podcast. You guys are doing great. We have uh, reached record numbers as of late, so please keep that up. Follow us, tell your friends about us, all that fun stuff. LA Galaxy. Houston Dynamo, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Make sure you catch that kickoff. Spectrum Sportsnet, Spectrum Deportes. Uh, I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody.
You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.